It is a Friday 13th edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, as I have been all week long. But I need the guest to my right to speak into the microphone. Mark Vandermeer, yes. Hello. I'm back. Oh, Mark. I'm back, Johnny. Do you know how good it is to hear your voice? (laughs) Well, after your working morning drive every day and doing this show and um, doing two-a-days. You know, I used to do that in State College, Pennsylvania, two-a-days. I did morning drive and afternoon drive sports reports. And I I was about 10 pounds heavier and very unhealthy. Okay? So that's all I'll say about that. Are you trying to say something about my No, no. I'm just saying that it's hard (laughs) to do, man, in this business. People are like, well, you're just talking. Well, we all know it's more than just that. But it's great to see you, and we're two ships passing in the night because next week you're on vacation. Yep. And I was on vacation this week. You know, it was weird, and I'll just start here. Uh-huh. I'm just hijacking your, your segment here. Yeah, no, listen. I, <laughs> the mellifluous sounds of your voice are actually so soothing right now, you won't even, you don't even uh, know. I was, uh, all right, so I'll, I'll say where I was. I was at, uh, because it's relevant to the sports world, of course. I was at the JW, JW Marriott in San Antonio, the Hill oh, Country okay. one, yeah, where yeah. they have the TPC course oh yeah didn't play but they were setting up the stands as they did at redstone for so many years as they will do a memorial this year for the pro tournament there the valero and on wednesday tuesday and wednesday they're banging away setting up the stands and yesterday morning it's silent and i thought "Hmm, yep they're gonna they're gonna cancel this baby or they were just waiting because yeah. they're like, no, 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 halt. Let's just see what we're going to do here. Because I really felt things changed so quickly this week. Yeah. And we'll talk about this for years. So quickly. You know, Mark, just like we talk even... about 9-11 and yeah. what that did to sports. And I look, I know this is a very serious thing, but we talk about it in a sporting context here, of right? Of course. Mm-hmm. We, when I started the show with Seth, it was funny because Seth and I started Monday's show. And we're talking about, I mean, Seth's like, man, I'm so excited to have you in here. We're going to talk free agents. We're obviously talking about the Texans. We're going to talk about draft prospects, et cetera, et cetera. We got to Wednesday, and it was like, whoa. Yeah. The, you know, the, the, I'll tell you the, the weird one for us, and, and we in the just in whatever business you, you are, but for us, because we are stationed here at NRG Stadium, our, our calendar is sort of triggered to kind of go off in certain – in certain times, like if I see players in the building, I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, is it OTA time or is that mini camp time or is it training camp time? Right. You know, if I see them when the weather's really hot, okay, it's training camp. When there are no players in here and there's just this dust cloud you're walking through, it's like, okay, it's rodeo time. It's March. Okay, that's it's rodeo time. Walked in the building the other day and Drew had texted me and said, rodeo's going to be closed. Oh, I yeah. I remember walking down the hallway and turning the corner and where we would see – all this activity, it was just quiet. Mm. And the room out to our, where the, the media workroom, where Bill O'Brien does all his press conferences in the, during the week and all that kind of stuff, they all happen in this media workroom over to our left. And that's where the gatekeepers set up shop. Yeah, the gatekeepers, they're and awesome. There was nothing. Yeah. There was, there were, I mean, they were, there was nobody in there. It was just quiet. It's been sort of eerily quiet in the building. It, it is, is eerie here. And it, it, and it was a matter of. 48 hours. Yeah, and I heard you guys talking about people shaking hands differently. Will shaking hands <laughs> yeah. ever be the same and all that? And, you know, this is worthy conversational topic matter. Yeah. It really is. I, I just think that there's a, there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, don't even do elbows with somebody because you're literally too close to the person. I'm like, yeah. that's going a little too yeah, far too in far. many cases, I think. But what we're trying to do here as a society, and a lot of people think we're going too far, whatever your opinion is, 
I think you have to sort of embrace the spirit of this thing, which is stop the thing from spreading so quickly. Right. It's going to spread, right. but stop it from spreading so fast. And I don't know what the end game is, the immediate end game, you know, in two, three weeks, when's it safe to come out? I don't know how all that's going to play out, but I just think if you stop it in its tracks, it's going to spread slower and you'll get more of a handle on it. Because I talked to one medical professional who was saying, look, this this could be here to stay like the flu itself or, right, right. or the common cold, not maybe that severe or right, that right. Uh, prevalent. But uh, it's going to be around. So we'll just figure it out. And, you know, there's a lot of misinformation. I get it. People are learning on the fly. Um, I, it's just from a sporting context so strange. When the NBA made their announcement yeah. Wednesday night. That was the one. I thought, oh, here we go. They're all going to follow suit now. I, I thought at the time I said to everybody I was with, there goes the NCAA tournament. They're going down, too. Because there's just no way after a while you can justify. And then you hear about an official at one of the conference tournaments having yeah, it. And they're like, tournament, oh my, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll, it's one of those. You know, we did the Wednesday night draft one night, you know, drafting sports moments that you'll never forget where you were when it took place. And I'll never forget my son. My son's hours are all off spring break, all that kind of stuff. And so he had gotten up later in the afternoon. And so he was he his eating schedule was off. He was hungry at like eight o'clock. Mm hmm. And just, you know, Paige and I already eaten. We were just kind of done. And he's like, I want Chick-fil-A. I was like, all right, I'll get Chick-fil-A. And my daughter's like, yeah, I could have salads. Okay. So I'm in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru line. And I see see people posting. You know how they do on Twitter? They'll have, like, one tweet on one side, and they'll have one tweet on the other side. And I click the tweet, and it's somebody, it's, it's somebody from the NBA, the NBA analyst, talking about Rudy Gobert yeah oh and then they have a picture of him touching all the microphones and such and I'm like oh this okay wait a second then the following tweet says Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus and that and that's what that tweet was in reference to it's like oh my god well not even before I got to the end of the driveway to get my food there's a tweet and it's just in amongst in your you know it's in the timeline you just kind of going through and you just see okay NBA season canceled you go on You're like whoa 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 what NBA yeah. season, like it just yeah. popped up. I was like, oh my God. Suspended, Johnny. Suspended, Suspended, sorry. Suspended. And I saw that and I went, oh boy. Okay, here goes. The, I mean, yeah. how are they going to play these conference tournaments? How yeah. are they going to play the NCAA tournament? And that's when the NBA said, shut, shutting her down. Yeah. That's when I just went, oh boy. That we're about to, this is about to change lives. And not as if I didn't realize it beforehand. But we live in a sports world. I said this. Right. Like, we live in a sports world. So yeah. I, I I grew up loving sports. So that's where I get a lot of my my news. I craft my opinions from. And when the NBA season got suspended, I was like, oh boy. Yeah, it's funny because a a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, the talk about the NBA flirting with the idea of delaying their season anyway, delaying the yeah, start yeah. of it because of the NFL, yeah. and this enables them through really no decision of their own, right. but this enables them to maybe experiment with that, exactly. right? To push it back three, four weeks, whatever it's going to take, yeah. and play into July and see how that goes for them. Yeah. TV ratings are lower, but hey, in the middle of the summer, who's not watching it? I'm watching the NBA Finals in July. Yeah. Serve it up. I would love that. I think uh, yeah. that's Because what's awesome. in July that we're going to watch before training camp? I mean, you know, you have, you have MLB. I get yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like that's kind of a dead zone of sports, really. Right. July, really. Yeah. And so if you put the NBA Finals in the first couple of weeks of July or maybe even 
a little later. I mean, I know NFL camps are coming up, but that's still the desert for yeah. the NFL, what I call between right. mini camp and the start of training camp. So why not do that or at least try it this year? You have to try it. Yeah. If you even get to do that. I mean, who knows how long this goes on? Uh, it, I have a lot of thoughts on it. You know, I, a lot of thoughts are art for a sports show mm-hmm. about this whole thing, this whole coronavirus thing. But uh, but from a sporting way in the National Football League, owners meetings wiped out yep. because of this. I mean, virtually wiped out. They're going to do some version of them a little bit later. And they still have to uh, with the CBA coming down. We'll see how well, that that's, goes. That's the thing to me, Mark, that I I've, because people have been asking me when I've been over at Sports Radio 610. They're like, well, what's going to happen with the CBA? And I, I was like, man, every everything that we know is is ha- is happening as scheduled. Now, they had already pushed they had already pushed the voting deadline from mm. i think yesterday at noon or 11:59:59 to saturday at 11:59:59 mm. they've already they'd already pushed that the franchise yeah. tag deadline got pushed to monday at 11:59:59 and then the tampering period started it starts at noon the, that as far as we know is still on here's here's the thing which becomes sort of interesting in this and and i i find this this is where real world and football world sort of collide in not a great way. And that is this virus and the cancellations have cost a lot of people, a lot of jobs and yeah. a lot of money it's gonna get worse. All, and it's going to get worse. Yeah. And then we're going to spend a week saying such and such makes a four year, $80 million yeah. deal. It's it, the, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, that's going to be really difficult. Yeah, but uh, the flip side of it look. is the, fu- the flip side of it is, there are probably some people out there going, and I, I just wish something normal was yeah. taking place in right. free agency is what I'm used to at this time of year. Maybe I, you know, so I kind of go back and forth. There are two on, sides to it, Johnny. And, and exactly. I, you I described it well. On it. Yeah. One side is, yes, that's a bad look or whatever. And it just sounds horrible considering what people are going through economically. Yeah. Right. The other side of it is, look, that's always there. Right. There are always people earning minimum wage or whatever who are right. diehard sports fans. These numbers in many people's eyes are not even real. Right. They're yeah. not even real to it's me. Money, yeah. They're not real. I mean, yeah, it's it's just at a different level, a different structure. Uh, it, it's the, the league, the players, all of that stuff. I, I think the look of it is taken into consideration, of course, but. Uh, I could argue both sides of this very easily because that always takes place in society where you have so many people struggling to get by and you have athletes and leagues making a lot of money because they entertain even the people who are struggling. You know, the people who are a lot of the people who are struggling say, well, I still want my sports. Yeah, exactly. And that's the old argument about, well, wait a minute, you're putting all my Rockets games on cable television where I got to pay for them as opposed to. Now, they've never, to my knowledge, most of the NBA teams, I'm not sure about the Rockets, but I, w- I think I'm right about this because they had home team sports back in the day. Yeah. There's never been an NBA season entirely on over-the-air TV, nope. uh, maybe for any team. Uh, you know, no, Correct uh, yeah. me if I'm wrong, and maybe I am wrong. Maybe there's one or two out there, but most of them, from the, time, from the early 80s, when cable became a thing for everybody, mm-hmm. were, went right to cable with some over-the-air. Yeah. I remember in Boston... 
The road games were on Channel 56, WLVI, Channel 56. And the home games were on Sports Channel with Tommy Heinsohn and Mike Gorman, who I think do every game now, or maybe they yeah, have yeah. until recently. I don't know what their status is. But uh, that that was a, a balance, if yeah. you will. And same thing with baseball, right? Half the baseball season or a portion of it was on over-the-air TV. Some of it was on cable. So my point is that you've always had some exclusivity in the world of true. sports. But radio's free, Johnny. And that's I love true. it. Radio is free. We've talked a lot about the virus, but mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance throughout this week to get your thoughts on a few key things. Okay, go. Number one, Jonathan Joseph going on into free agency. One of the greatest Texans ever, and one of the great, I, I think, the two best corners in the history of the franchise with Aaron Glenn. I mean, I love Kareem, love Dante Robinson, but I'll put J. Joe and Aaron Glenn up there, one and two, in whatever order you want. Probably Aaron first as far as how good he was for a window of time between the yeah. Jets and the Texans. I know he was only with the Texans for three years. but J- So, J. Joe, really, probably the greatest Texans corner. When you consider what he meant to the franchise, too. And I think Aaron might say that as well. And they're close. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in in 2011, playoffs, playoffs, first couple of I mean, every time we've been to the playoffs, Jonathan Joseph yep. has been a Texan. And you can say yep. the same with Watt. But along with Watt, you know, we talk about the drafting of Watt in 2011 and what it meant for the team. But J. Joe signed then, too. Yeah. And what has he meant to this team? A ton. Yeah. A ton as a guy who not only plays well and has made big plays, but who people rely on. They look at him as a coach, a player coach. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins telling us yeah. that he goes to the sideline like, hey, what about that route I'm running, this guy doing it? And, you know, like he has advice for offensive players, and it's solicited. Uh, they want his advice. Right. You know, it's right. not like he's just a talker. Right. Uh, right. They want his advice. The, the, the old wise man, if you will. And I'll be eager to see what he does, whether he's playing or coaching or whatever. But uh, one of the greatest Texans ever. And, and you know, I heard I saw some stuff about Ring of Honor and you promoting Wednesday's show, I think. And I wasn't sure if you guys were talking about him going in someday. But, you know, that's a guy that we don't talk about much that you could possibly see going in there one day. You yeah. know, you could see that yeah. based on some of the stuff I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's it's worthwhile conversational yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Signings, mm-hmm. Darren Fells, Kymie Fairbairn, DeAndre Carter, and a tender offer to um, Dylan Cole. Your well, thoughts. Uh, dependable, tough, smart. You know, all the yeah. these are Bill O'Brien guys. These are these are the I, I don't I hate to say middle class of players. You know, they're they're not going to like bust the marquee as signings, right? Sure. But they are the meat of the team kind of people. Okay, and yep. Fairbairn, look, I, I've always said this. He's never missed a big one for this team. Right. You know, I mean, he's hasn't made every field goal, but he's never missed a big one. Right. Right. Knock on yeah. wood. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. When you've needed him to come through, bam, he's there. Yeah. Right. So that's cool. The um, uh, you know, I love having Carter on the team because yeah. he can play receiver for you in the slot. You know, ideally, you, maybe you want somebody else in there, and they have, but he can do it. He can, and he can play make every play. position and out he tends there to receiver. make plays when he's in there as a receiver. Yes. And the other thing is, obviously, he's a good return man, and, and the rest is, uh, is self-explanatory. Fells was great last year. Why not bring him back? I mean, yeah. you don't know, like Jordan Thomas, after the – sophomore semi-red shirt year comes back, doesn't do what he did his rookie year. Let's see where that goes. Uh, I, Kahale wearing, I love him. I love the prospect of him. Right. But we haven't seen we it know, yet, yeah. so he hasn't played it down. So let's go. Fells has, and he's done some good things for you, so let's keep it going. I, that was my whole point with Fells. Reportedly a two-year, $7 million contract, whatever. And I said, that's a $7 million insurance plan. 
to be honest. And and yeah. it's it's a really good insurance plan. It's, no, you got it's an insurance plan for these young guys not working out at tight end. I think worst case, if if Fels makes your team, he's the guy you thought he might have been going into last year, right. which is extra blocker, catch right. a pass occasionally. He turned into a really outstanding, productive receiver for you. The last one. Mm-hmm. This week on HoustonTexas.com, we had a new posting of the 53. Oh, wow. And it was I got the a lot 50, of, a lot of the feedback. 53 Mark Vandermeer. Well, we'll do a show on this next week. Uh, <laughs> that it was, it was humbling to see some of the reaction to it. Yeah. I, I really I didn't expect that. You know, yeah. I was like, I was scrolling down the social media, like waiting for the, you suck, Vandermeer. <laughs> I never got one. So I was happy with that. Uh, but it was um, it was Tyler Sunarth is amazing. Our yeah, lead producer. He did a great job with that. And that footage of me as, like as a pup, <laughs> like, hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Vander kid looks older than you. Yeah, I know. That was it was what did, fun. What did, it was fun. What did he think when he looked at it? He was, was well, he, seeing the UMass stuff, like yeah, seeing that, Marcus Camby and, and yeah. me calling those games. That was that was valuable that was for me cred. as a father. That was cred. He's like, that was father cred. That. And the Hurricanes and me, Clinton Portis touchdown yeah, yeah, and yeah, national yeah. championship. He's like, oh, you really were there, you know? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was a, it was a cool thing. It's, it's very cool. We can talk about that because I want to go in depth in some of the things that you we learned will. there, Mark. It's good to have you back, my man. Have a great week next week. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Johnny. So good to have Mark back for this Friday evening, and he'll be manning this chair next week as I am on vacation. Coming up, it's my pal Drew Doherty. Shell Capita of The Athletic put together a list of the top 100 free agents and where he predicted they would go. Some of those impacted Texans. We'll talk about that next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Friday the 13th edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris. It was good to have Mark back in here for a little bit, and it is good to have my pal in here, Drew Doherty. Drew, how's it going, buddy? It's good. I just realized it's Friday the 13th, and all of you out there, don't worry. Friday the 13th, it's a cool day. I met my wife on a Friday the 13th really? in June of 2008, so great things can wow. happen on this date. Just be positive. I've never had tradiscophobia or whatever it's called. Yeah. Fear of 13. I've never had that. I mean, as Mitch Hedberg said, you know, if you're staying in a hotel and you're on floor 14, you really know what floor you're on. Because yeah. a lot of hotels will go 11, 12, 14. Well, it's like if you're on floor 14, you know what floor you're really on. Speaking of Mitch Hedberg, did you ever hear him say, and it's a very, like, it's a perfect, and dogs are always in the push-up position. Yes. Dogs are always in the push-up position. Strong. Yes. Dogs are strong. And if you – another Mitch Hedberg is uh, – if you didn't know this, that ducks eat for free at Subway. That's another <laughs> one. If you didn't know. That's, one of, my, that's my, one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes. That's pretty good. Pepperidge Farm. It's fancy. It's wrapped twice. Uh, I could go all day uh, talking about Mitch Hedberg jokes. Um, but that's kind of not the purpose – Drew. What do you want to talk about, John? Man, that's, a, that's a great question, uh, Drew, to be honest with you. But I, I've i been in with Seth all week, mm-hmm. and we, we got to some free agency topics right. and some not. And I got to one one day, which was about the, I think it was Shield Capeta for the Athletic. I uh, put together a list. He took the list of the 100 top free agents. Mm-hmm. In the NFL. Right. And he came up with what he thought was the projected destination for that particular free agent. Hmm. So I will hit you with them and get your get your 
So we'll do gut reaction. I do this with Mark right. a lot of times. I just hit him with something like, what's your gut reaction? Okay. You can go in deep as, as far as you want, in depth as far as you want. Tom Brady stays in New England. Yes, I think that's probably going to happen. I think so, too. I, that's what I've been saying all along. I do think that the Patriots will end up doing something to help him, getting some receiving, some receiver. Maybe they dropped one in the first round again. I mean, Akeel Harry's got to come back healthy and uh, focused. But I've, I've thought all along he's staying in New England. I ha- Yeah, I do too. And I think it'd be smart of him to go to Tampa Bay because we saw that defense is pretty good. Yeah, that defense is very good. We did not see their explosive receiving core. Thank God. Yeah, but – Mike Evans, I, I think Mike Evans is the most underrated player that I, I, in in so long. I mean, it's almost like people forget he's from here sometimes. Yeah, from Galveston. You know, and you and I did that in the lab a few years ago where we talked about uh, the greatest NFL players from the state of Texas, and he was one of the wide receivers. Yeah, and that's right. He's remarkable. I think he his his greatness really kind of amplifies what Johnny Manziel was able to do. At AM. Johnny Manziel was amazing as a college quarterback, but what would he have done with an average wide receiver yeah. as opposed to a Mike Adams or Mike Evans, excuse me? So, um, yeah, I think it'd be great if Brady were to go to Tampa Bay because okay. there's so much there for him offensively as well, those weapons. And heck, on top of that, they don't have a state income tax, so he'd make a little bit more scratch. But I don't know that he really gives a, gives a care about that because yep. he's taking below market deals all this time in New England. That's true. Now, you mentioned the Bucs. Mm hmm. Tom Brady came in number three. Number four was Phillip Rivers mm-hmm. to the Buccaneers. Now, the Colts are the one team that is linked most often to Rivers. Mm-hmm. But Capeta says that the Bucks getting in on Phillip Rivers, and I read an article the other day that said it's Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, and Phillip Rivers that the Buccaneers are interested in. So he is projecting Phillip Rivers to the Buccaneers. You have this. you have similar thoughts on Rivers going to the Bucs as you do Brady or no? I think Brady, it's the best fit for Brady. I think it makes sense that Rivers will go there because of what I just mentioned with yeah. Brady. It's all the weapons, da-da-da-da-da. Plus, he lives in Florida. It's pretty close. It's, what, five hours from Destin? Yeah. Is that a five-hour drive, roughly? Yeah, it's not too far. you got to curve around Florida. But anyways, yeah, I could see that happening, and I I would prefer that he go there rather than to one of our division rivals. But I just I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't – I don't know. I just got a, a weird feeling that he's not going to go there. Yeah. He goes someplace. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that uh, definitely. All right. Let me get to number eight. Mm-hmm. Well, number seven, Yannick Ngakwe going to the Seahawks. Kind of interesting, but I don't want to spend too much time on that. Number eight, mm-hmm. a certain player that, well, we know very well going to the Tennessee Titans one, Jadeveon Clowney. Now, let me add this in. Because I, I don't think so. Here, there are two other players that he has going to the Titans, and I don't know that they can get all three, and that is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Yeah. I, I don't think, think they can get all three, but your thought if Clowney ends up going to the Titans, because I, I, that's I, his prediction. I don't think it'll happen because I do think those two offensive guys will re-sign. And I wonder if Vrabel would would have Clowney in. I know he coached him a lot up. Yeah. Coached, coached him up a lot. I don't know, though, that he'd bring him in because everything I've heard is Clowney's not coming back to the Seahawks. I talked to a few yeah. folks from Seattle over the last month, and they said, yeah, it's probably not happening. He's not going to re-sign. I so, mean, if you're Seattle, and this was 
this was sort of the thing that we talked about. In, or I say we, people in Houston talked about for a while. And that was, you know, if you franchise them, now you're really not going to get anything for them but a, supple, or a, comp, a compensatory pick in 2021 if he plays for you in 2019. You know, or you're going to get a comp pick in 2020. And I guess that's what Seattle's going to end up with. They're going to end up with a comp pick. So I guess they're probably not going to get completely zero out of that. I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get a third, they're going to get a third rounder out of it. Um, but I wonder if they feel like the quote unquote experiment slash trade, whatever, whether that, that worked or not. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm big curious to ask people in Seattle what their thoughts are on the one year. If I I'm with you, I don't think he ends up going back to, to Seattle. But to the Titans, kind of interesting. It I don't know that sense. I want to see that. It makes sense. It's a good spot, but can they can they make the money work? That's, but I don't know that I could see happening, especially if he's got Henry and Tannehill both going back. Right, that's what I'm saying. Now they don't have Jack Conklin going back. He's got Conklin going to the Browns, which that to that's a perfect fit. That's where he needs to go. All right, let's get to number 31 on the list, hmm. and his name is Chris Harris Jr. And the prediction is that he will sign right here in Houston. Harris turns 31 in June. God, I wish I were turning 31 in June. Turns 31 in June. He was, he commanded slot for defense at, we were 26th against the pass last season. As pointed out here in a little blurb for Shio Capeto, who wrote this for The Athletic. That is his prediction for Chris Harris Jr. to come to the Texans. Your thoughts? I love it. I, for some reason, I just get a gut that it's not going to happen, though. But I'd love him here. I think he'd be such a great – the upgrade over Vernon Har- Hargraves. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. If you can truly, like, just have him in the slot yeah. and not have him have to float out to the outside, where I think he, you know, his value sort of diminishes a little bit when you do that, mm-hmm. it seems like. But I would love it here. I, I think the Clowney – excuse me, the, uh, the Tunsil, the Watson deals, whatever they happen, whether it's this year or next, are so looming that it's going to preclude you from – bringing in Chris Harris, but I would love it if he came here. You know, I had this conversation, Drew, with with Seth, and and I said, you know, one of the things, and this happens in the draft, too, somebody will ask me, hey, you like this guy? And I'll be like, yeah, I like that guy. But then when you start talking about, well, Chris Harris Jr. making $15 million a year, I'm like, no, 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 I don't like that at all. Oh, but what about Chris, Chris Harris Jr. for like 9 or $10 million a year? Like, oh, I like that. And it happens with draft picks a lot of times. It was what kind of got me in trouble the one time, you know, when Dwayne got drafted and I kind of flipped out. It was like, I like Dwayne. I just didn't like him in the first round. Uh-huh. Uh, I liked him in, in the third round. Well, I was wrong, obviously. But that's kind of my point is that I like Chris Harris Jr., the player. I think you're exactly right. Your analysis was dead on. I don't know if I want to pay top-of-the-market money, though, for a guy turning 31. Maybe for two years, potentially. But to your point, if you're paying Laramie and you're paying Deshaun. Yeah, I'd love to pay him, but it's and it's not my money. It's just I don't know <laughs> right. if the money's gonna fit. Right. You know, it, it's it's one of the you gotta pay those two guys first. So now Chris Harris Jr. moved inside a lot in Denver because Denver had a keep to leave and the number thirty four free agent on this list who played the twenty nineteen season with the Texans, Bradley Roby. The prediction for Bradley Roby is the New York Giants. And it's not so much about the Giants, but the fact that it's not here. Yeah, and normally, or before last week, I would have agreed, but the stuff I'm hearing is there's a there's been a change in the winds, and it, it could happen. He could be back here, based on who I've I've heard from. And boy, if that's the case, I like it. You know, so I like Bradley Roby coming back to the Texans. Roby or Harris? 
I know I guess, my answer. I guess Roby, because yeah, you got to have too. the guy on the outside. Absolutely. How about both? Wouldn't that be fun? Both would be crazy. I don't know what the money would be on that, but my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've heard something to that as well, and I really, I really like it. I, I hope that ends up being the case. Let's get to number 35. Also a guy that played last year and played his first four years here with the Houston Texans. DJ Reader to the Denver Broncos. Your gut reaction. Oh, sadness, but resignation. You know, I know it's, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be able to come back. Yeah. You know, but I hope he, I hope he does get a great payday and I hope he does go somewhere and flourish because he's been a, he's been a really good Houston Texan. He's been a great guy to deal with. Yes. Off the field, you know, media wise. Yes. So much fun, but it just seems like he's not coming back here. Yeah. I've, sadly, I've come to grips with this over the last probably, month to six weeks yeah maybe even even before that probably i've kind of come to grips with it i, I haven't wanted to but i you, you sort of you have to and you said it you know we have relationships with these guys and dj's a guy we've known since he's been in here and he's been so good to the city of houston so good this organization um but the broncos are the team that we heard openly showing some interest i'd be okay with that he ends up with the colts or jags i'll, I'll lose my mind <laughs> now if you lose DJ, then there's a thought that you've got to replace him inside, especially on first and second down. So I get the free agent number 57, and it's somebody that you in your lifetime have actually done a one-on-one interview with. And when we watched him practice at the Senior Bowl, you're like, look at Danny Shelton. Throw pillows. Exactly. The prediction is that he comes to the Texans. What's What are they – are they thinking money-wise, like – He's going to be a lot less expensive because I, he's cool not a pass it. rusher. I'm cool with that. Yeah, he's he's a good because what I said throw pillows. Yeah, when he when I saw him at the Senior Bowl, he was shedding offensive linemen <laughs> yeah, just like he was exactly. swatting throw pillows from your couch away or throw pillows on your bed. By the way, my wife who I met on Friday the 13th in June uh, of 08, we've got like nine thousand and four hundred <laughs> throw pillows throw on pillows. our bed <laughs> that I got to get through every night just to get into my bed, but. I saw that. I saw that, and you were the first person I thought of. And the other reason I thought of it was that uh, you interviewed him. I wanted to interview him, mm-hmm. and we were at the Senior Bowl together. And we were we gave our was that our the day list. we double teamed all those yes. players? Like yeah, yeah. And we talked to our friend Catherine Ann, and Catherine <laughs> Ann was just sending players our way. And I was actually interviewing somebody. And we're like Bo and Luke Duke back to back, just sliding them away. I know. And so he walked up and. He, you were like, hey, come on, do the interview with him. And he was wearing the, the uh, uh, God, what's that thing called? Seth just it's told like me. It's like a Hawaiian kilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it? Seth told me what it's called. Um, he told me. I, I was trying to think of what it is. Xavier Suofilo told me what it was. Yeah, I know what you're talking but about. But anyways, he uh, to me, he would be a really nice alternative if you're not bringing DJ back because he's going to be less expensive he still helps you on first and second down. And if he helps you get on first, second down, then you get to third down. And all of a sudden you bring some of those jets. You bring in Jacob Martin. You got Whitney. You got JJ. You got Chuck Amenahu. Those four are rushing. You still have got Brent Scarlett. Yeah. You got Duke Edgefor uh, and how he can factor in all this. But you can really go into a third down mode defense. I'm cool with this. Yeah, I, like I, I don't. I don't think it that's a bad It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. There's also a guy that the number 97 free agent. Now, I like this. I like this a whole lot more. Um, 
than I think some people have. And maybe it's because people just weren't paying too much attention. But I know whenever we played the Tennessee Titans the last few years, really the only guy that got into the backfield that did anything was Kamalea Correa. And the prediction is that outside linebacker Kamalea Correa is predicted to come to the Texans. It says here he came on strong at the end of last season for the Titans and had seven sacks in Tennessee's final 11 games. Correa is an intriguing under-the-radar option for teams looking for edge rush. I, that's He kind of fits the bill. Take Correa's name out of there and say, insert player here. That would be the player you'd be thinking about, right? Yeah, you want to layer on the pass rush. You told right. the story many times about Ballard in Indianapolis yeah. when you got in touch with him. Why'd you take this guy? Yeah, Kansas City with Why'd D. Ford. Take, yeah. yeah, D. Ford, because we need, you always need to have pass rushers. We've seen the, the, when the Giants, when they won those two Super Bowls, the yeah. most recent ones, exactly. what they have? Waves and waves and waves of guys who could get to the quarterback, whether it was Michael Strahan, it was Osio Minora, all that stuff. So, yeah, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. I'd love to see that happen. And you would kind of weaken one of your division rivals by doing so. Yes. So let's do it. Let's let's add him on. Let's layer him in with Omanahu, like you said. Mm-hmm. Edge of four, see what he's got. Yep. Jacob Martin, how much is he developing? Let's see this this, this pass rush get a little stronger, get J.J. some help out there on the edge. Yeah. Creating and, and it happening in waves. Yeah. It happening in waves. Now, Kamalaya Correa did learn some off-the-ball linebacker stuff when he was with Baltimore. His defense coordinator then was Dean Pease. When mm-hmm. Dean Pease went to Tennessee, he ended up, Dean Pease pushed for him. They traded for him. He brought him there. And I thought he did some really good things with Tennessee um, the, last, the last couple of years. And I was a big fan of his coming out of Boise State. Mm-hmm. And I thought Baltimore would be a spot where he'd flourish. And it just didn't work. In, in Baltimore, but I felt like it worked in Tennessee, and I feel like it really, because he can't play a true outside linebacker position. It's not like you're shoehorning a, a college 4-3 defensive end trying to shoehorn him into a 3-4 outside linebacker spot. He's a true 3-4 outside linebacker. Plus, as a Houston sports fan, I love the name Correa. Correa. I mean, That's Correa a is a great, great shortstop we've had in franchise history. Let's get some great things, make him a great like pass it. rusher in Texans history. You cool with that? I'm, I'm very cool I'm with that. I'm cool with that. So, in this practice, if this – comes to fruition. The Texans will add Kamalea Correa on the edge. They will add Chris Harris Jr. at the corner. They unfortunately will lose Bradley Roby and DJ Reader. But yep. this is, again, just a prediction. Shield Capeta from the Eagles. Uh, those were the only Eagles. two that he had coming, I, to, coming to the Texans yeah, out of the top Yeah, those are the only two 100. he had coming okay. to the Texans out of the top 100, which to me, oh, I'm sorry, Danny Shelton. I was going to say, yeah, Shelton too. Do so. you walk out of there with a corner? Now, going back to what you said about Roby, let, let's say Roby does come back. You get Roby, Shelton, and Correa, that's a that's an excellent yeah. free agent haul. Excellent. I mean, that you walk out of there going, wow. Plus all the wild cards the Texans will sign after that, yes. that first couple days of free agency. Like you, they did with Jaleel Dye last year. Like they did with Deshaun Gibson. Right. Like they did with Tyron Matthews mm-hmm. two years ago. Like they did with Darren Fells. I mean, you can go on and on and on. They, they've been, over the last two years, they've been really good picking up Guys that can contribute and do good things for you. Yeah. In the the week or so after free agency begins. Yeah, the players that were trash somewhere else. I'd say trash the treasure. I mean, well, just, you didn't that. know they about them. Trash, they, weren't, they weren't at the top of the, the public's mind. Yeah, you know? and they were and they were cash casualties. Mm-hmm. They were cap casualties. I mean, Sean Gibson was a cap casualty because of Nick Foles. Yeah. You know, the Browns were just moving on from Darren Fells because they thought they had some young tight ends and Joku was coming back. Those are the players the Texans have really you're right, have have hit home runs with. I mean, Darren Fells is a is a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth Sheesh. with, you know, down by three. I he mean, how and do you, Hopkins have the same amount of touchdown catches this year. It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Drew, you're the best, man. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, you too. 
Friday the 13th is a big day for Drew Doherty. It's a big day for the show. Appreciate Drew stopping by. All right, when we get back, we'll go around the NFL. What is happening in the NFL? Something's still going on. We'll talk about some of that next right here on Texas Access. We've got one final segment on this Friday edition of Texans All Access, or as I like to say, the final segment of John's week from you know where. I knew this was going to be a tough week, and appreciate you all hanging in there with me, John Harris, your host, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. I knew this was going to be tough. I had a ton of things to do. I did four hours a day with Seth for five days. I did all all of the All Access shows because Mark was on vacation. Uh, DP and Drew got me through this week. They were absolute champions, and I can't thank them enough. And, of course, Mark popping in tonight was a nice, nice surprise. I just knew that at 7 o'clock on Friday night, I was going to be gassed. And that's pretty much the case. I'm looking at about a 48-hour nap uh, before I'm able to get a little vacay time next week or self-quarantine, eh, depending on how you look at it. So uh, hopefully you guys all stay safe this weekend and beyond. Okay, I said we get to some NFL news. Let's start with a memo that the NFL teams received from the league office today, essentially shutting down local visits or visits from prospects either in their building or at the prospect's school. During the show this morning with Seth, and I think we talked about this, but all the days sort of run together and what we all talked about. Man, that's a lot of radio. So I, I think we talked about it, but maybe not. J.K. Dobbins, the great Ohio State running back, was actually in Miami at the Dolphins facility today. And that was reported by Ian Rappaport. And then Rappaport came out later and said, well, yeah, he's from Florida. He drove there. Oh, okay, that makes some sense. But then Rappaport a few hours later text, or tweeted and said, Jordan Love from Utah State is at the Dolphins facility. And I thought, well, unless he's working out in Florida, and he, he might be. But the that information came out a little bit after. They had already had him in the building doing the visit. That came out after the NFL sent that memo to the teams saying no more visits after today. So whatever you're doing today. So Dolphins got two key visits in with J.K. Dobbins and Jordan Love, but it's all shut down from this point. It'll be electronic communication going forward. And there's some... Um, there are some restrictions on that, but it's going to make the NFL draft process a little bit harder, but I would, it's not exceedingly more difficult. These, where I think it gets tougher is the guys that didn't go to the combine, the guys that needed a pro day. The first guy that stands out to me is a guy by the name of PJ Hall and PJ Hall was defensive tackle at Sam Houston state. And I had covered games of his for three years and I knew the guy, I knew the guy could play. And he didn't get a combine invite. Oh, this is weird. He had a pro day through the roof. So he didn't go to the combine. He ended up being a top, uh, he was a second round pick. He was like a top 55 pick. So maybe if he doesn't have that pro day, maybe he doesn't have the opportunity to go that high in the draft. So there are going to be players that didn't have that combine. Hopefully, as we move down the line and we've done good things to, to slow the spreading of COVID-19, that maybe we can get, maybe not, I don't know if it's pro days, maybe there's sort of as my buddy Lance Erline uh, suggested, which I think is a good suggestion, regional combines that guys can go to that didn't go to the actual scouting combine in Indy. Maybe that's something they can do. But either way, the, the Texans, I know pretty much for a fact that they've done research. When I asked, I asked a couple of them, hey, does this kind of hurt you guys? And they're like, nah, we know these guys pretty well. 
yeah, they've got to do some fine-tuning on some guys, and there are probably a few questions they'd like to ask in person that maybe they haven't had a chance up till now. But my guess is that they'll be able to do this later, you know, five, six, seven weeks down the road potentially. And my gut tells me the draft will probably move back a little bit. But there's no guarantee on that. The news, as it pertains to the draft world, is that prospects after today not being allowed in NFL buildings, not having face-to-face meetings on campus, everything electronically driven. Now, for the players that are in the league already, there were a number of players released today. It started in Minnesota with corner Xavier Rhodes and defense tackle Lenville Joseph. Now, you can interest me in both, but I'll be honest, I'm a little bit more interested in Lenville Joseph than I am the corner. Taking into account a couple of things. Number one, John McClain saying last night, Texans interest in Bradley Roby and bringing him back when I didn't think that was when I didn't think that was really going to happen kind of based on reading the tea leaves when even before we got to the combine. But that could happen. So if Bradley's coming back, okay, DJ Reader reading the tea leaves, I wouldn't think he's going to come back. So maybe Lenville Joseph makes some sense. A veteran could play inside. I don't know if you'd have to break the bank for him. He's been around the block a little bit, so we'll see. But as I mentioned earlier, with Drew, as we want those free agents, you know, Danny Shelton's a free agent. So there are going to be some options for interior guys. And Lenville Joseph uh, is a guy that intrigues me. Xavier Rhodes, the last two years have not been great for him. And Tennessee, Delaney Walker and Ryan Suckup, both cut. I wrote an article today previewing the Titans kind of heading into free agency in the draft. And I said, they got to make a decision on Delaney Walker. Well, about 30 minutes later, they made that decision. They released the long Long-time vet pass catcher for the Titans. A guy that always scared me, Delaney Walker. He is cut and out on the market as well as Bengals tackle Cordy Glenn. And the Chargers cut, the L.A. Chargers cut, Thomas Davis linebacker, longtime Panther, and longtime interior defensive lineman Brandon Mebane. The franchise tag was also used in a few places, including L.A. with the Chargers. This was a guy that I know the New England Patriots or at least their fans and media really wanted. Hunter Henry, the tight end, is going to be brought back. He is uber talented, but he's had some injuries, and that slowed him down. This past year, he did not have a significant injury, and he was able to get on the field and show, finally, what he really was able to do. He did miss a few games, but he played 12, which is more than he's played in a while, and he had 55 catches for 652 yards and five touchdowns. Now, Tom Brady might throw the ball to him in L.A. with the Chargers, but it sounds like he's not going to be throwing the ball to him in New England unless New England makes a trade. Other franchise tag movement, also in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos places a franchise tag on safety Justin Simmons, a guy that I really like coming out of Boston College. It all clicked for Simmons in 2019, obviously in a really big year for him going into a contract year, but the franchise tag placed on safety Justin Simmons in Denver. And then in Baltimore, One of the guys I thought would be intriguing to look at from an edge rush perspective is Matthew Judon. The Baltimore Ravens have placed the franchise tag on him. Now, the final tag placed for the day goes to Yannick Ngakwe. Now, we've been hearing rumors of this coming out of Jacksonville for a while. Yann, get sacks, has said he's not going back to Jacksonville, but the Jaguars are going to tag him, presumably thinking about a deal. He is going to be a big fish in this free agent pond. He's not technically a free agent at this point because he has now been tagged 
the non-exclusive tag in Jacksonville. So some tags being handed out today in addition to some releases and, of course, news about draft prospects and the NFL draft coming from the league today. A big thanks to all of you for everything this week. Thank you for hanging with me. Thank you for being the Rock the Foundation during some really tough times. And hopefully, in turn, we talked a little football. And you enjoyed that uh, as you took in that coronavirus news. You got a little football news and fun as well. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Texans.